Well, indeed, it was a treat to hear from my uh, mentor, Pastor David. Thank you for uh, those reflections and that exhortation from the Word of God. Uh, God is one of, well, you're one of the men that God has used to shape me into who I am today, and I praise the Lord for it. And uh, it's a treat to have you here with us today, both you and Carol. So thank you for making the trek. And as he said, the story of Foothill Bible Church uh, goes back for uh, several decades. But here we are in 2023, and the story is continuing to be written. It is not over. And we want to look this morning, with the time that I have, to look at what is it for us as a congregation, what do we need to be about for us to continue on in the days ahead, for us to continue to remain faithful to the Lord. And we're going to do this uh, by directing your attention to 2 Thessalonians. So I invite you to open your personal copy of God's Word to the book of 2 Thessalonians. And we're just going to look in this short book at two passages in particular where Paul is thanking God for what he sees in the Thessalonian church. And as we look at Paul's gratitude for what he sees in that fledgling church, we will be able to pull out some principles and practices that need to, we need to be about as a congregation in order for us to remain faithful, in order for us to continue on in the days ahead. Second Thessalonians is a letter written in late AD 51 or early AD 52 as Paul was ministering in Corinth and he wrote this letter to this dear congregation that he had founded just some years earlier. He had visited that city of Thessalonica, he had preached the gospel, and there had been those who came to faith and a church was founded. This small church though in this city of Thessalonica was, quickly became renowned, renowned because of their faithfulness in the midst of persecution. As they were hounded for their faith, as they were persecuted for following Christ, they remained faithful and, but not only did they stand firm, but the word of God went forth from that place. And so Paul wrote two letters to encourage this congregation, what we know as 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. But this morning we're going to look in the second letter to the Thessalonians. And as I said, at two passages where Paul specifically says, thank you, thanks God for what he sees in this church. And as we look at Paul's gratitude in these passages, we will see five characteristics of a faithful church that must be true of us as well. And I pray that God would cause these to be true of us indeed. The first section of gratitude that we'll look at is in, found in chapter two and beginning in verse 13. Second Thessalonians two, and I'll read verses 13 and 14. It says, but we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved of the Lord by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul here in this, his gratitude, we see the first characteristic of a faithful church I wanna highlight for us this morning and that is that they, we must be rooted in the gospel. The first characteristic of a faithful church is to be rooted in the gospel. And here we see that Paul is reminding the church of this. Hey, Thessalonians, don't forget. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget what God did in your life. 
He reminds them and he's grateful that what he sees in the Thessalonian church, the great spiritual life, the thriving that they, that they are expressing is not credited to them, but is because of the work of, of God in their life. Their salvation in particular is attributable to the love of God. Notice that he says, brothers beloved by the Lord. You are who you are because God has set his love upon you. But then he note, notice that what else what he says, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved. They are saved only because of God's selection of them, God's election of them. They did not choose God. God chose them before the foundation of the world. And then he says that it's because of the sanctification by the Spirit. They were set apart by the Spirit of God as, as the Spirit worked in them and manifested then, as it says in verse, end of verse 13, in their belief in the truth. And then he goes on to verse 14 to say that they've been called through the gospel so that what is the end goal? So that they may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. An amazing span from eternity past of God's election of them to the glory that they will share in eternity future. Paul wanted to comfort this church, the Thessalonians, that God was at work, that they had come to Christ as the result of the action of the triune God. And they were destined for glory. And that God had worked in time and space to bring about their conversion. They stand there as the church there in Thessalonica all because of the sovereignty and love of God. And Foothill Bible Church, this reminds us that this is our story as well. That God has chosen us. That God has set us apart by his spirit. That God has destined us for the glory of Christ. And we need to be rem remember that we need to stay rooted in this gospel. This needs to be fresh upon our minds. As our brother reminded us, we cannot forget this. We cannot assume it. It must be ever present upon our hearts, upon our minds, and, and upon our lips. We were once dead in our sins. We were completely lost and without hope, without Christ, unable to save ourselves. We must never forget that it was Jesus' work upon the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection that purchased our salvation for us. That we did not deserve any of it, but because of his grace and because of the power of his spirit within us, we were regenerated so that we might live eternally with him. We are destined for glory, those who are destined for wrath. We must remain rooted in this gospel, friends. We have nothing apart from this. We never graduate beyond the gospel. It is through the gospel that we get Jesus Christ. We get Christ through the gospel. And that is why we believe and we look back and realize all that Christ has done for us. Amen? We're sinners saved by grace who live daily in grace. And let me just say, if you're here this morning and this is not your story, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you sit am amongst yourself and you do not know the life that is found in Jesus Christ, then I encourage you, I exhort you, today is the day of salvation. You can look unto him and find forgiveness for your sins today. Forgiveness is offered to all if you would but repent and believe and put your trust in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And if you need help in knowing how to go about that, we'd love to talk to you afterward that today might be the day that you go home knowing that you have an eternity secured in heaven with the Lord. 
Well, we see first, the first characteristic of a faithful church is to be rooted in the gospel. But verse 15, the next verse, gives our second characteristic, and that is holding fast to the word. We be rooted in the gospel and we hold fast to the word. Look at Paul's exhortation in verse 15. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. So because of the thanksgiving that Paul just gave, he now gives an exhortation, and it's an exhortation to stand firm and to hold to the traditions that were taught. These traditions are not just the ways of doing church. This refers to the teaching, that the apostolic teaching that they had get, received from Christ and they passed down. This church, the Thessalonians, were not to adopt the new teaching, were not to follow a new way. They were to follow the way given by the Apostle Paul and to hold fast to it. In the same way, friends, as we sit here in the 21st century, we are not to follow a new way of teaching. We are to stick true to the, the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints, as Jude describes in Jude 3. We continue to follow the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ as then handed down through the apostles and written for us in Holy Scripture. We must hold firmly to the word of God. And as we were reminded, we remain submitted to that word. We hold fast to it in our corporate gatherings as we preach and we exposit God's word from this very pulpit. But we equally hold fast to the word in all the other areas of our church, in small groups, and in our, our classes, in our Bible studies. We also hold fast to the word of God in our homes in our families, in our personal lives, each one of us remaining steadfast committed to this word of God. And so we pray that the word of Christ may dwell in us richly as we go forward in the days ahead. But we must be rooted in the gospel. We must hold firmly to the word. But there's a third uh, characteristic. And for that, let's go back to chapter one. I want to take you to the second passage of gratitude that is found in 2 Thessalonians, and here is at the beginning of the letter. And so follow along as I read verses 1 through 4. It begins, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and the afflictions that you are enduring. Here, I want to draw attention to the next uh, characteristic. The third characteristic that we see that Paul commends is gr they were growing in their faith. And we see this in verse 3. Third characteristic of a faithful church is they're growing in their faith. Verse three, he says, we give thanks because your faith is growing abundantly. They're growing faith. They are being tested. They are going through trials. And yet as time goes on, are they trusting God less and less? Are they weakening in their faith so that they're beginning to doubt whether God can really come through? No, their faith is growing. It's deepening. It's growing, he says, abundantly. It's thriving. This, they lived, remember, in a society in which the gospel was brand new. They lived in a, in a culture of, of, of pagan worship. 
And yet here they are, trusting and believing in the true triune God. And their faith was continuing to deepen and strengthen. The difficulties they encountered only pressed them in each and every day to cry out with the psalmist, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And church, at the core of who we are, we are believers, which means that we believe, we trust. And who do we trust? We trust in the one true God. Our faith is in him and him alone, amen? And so as we are, 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 are going through our Christian lives and as we go through our corporate Christian life together, our church life, we need to continue to see our faith growing more and more. The Lord puts us through trials. He puts hindrances in our path, things that we have to endure together. But as we go through those things, we can see that our faith continues to deepen, continues to strengthen. That yes, we believed in him yesterday, but I believe in him all the more today because of how I've seen him work in my life. Because his promises are true. His scriptures remain true today. And so friends, we must trust in his promises that he lays out in his word. We must trust in his presence that he is always with us. And we must trust that his providence is always working for our good, no matter where the path of life may lead us. And so for us to continue to be faithful, we cannot remain stagnant. We cannot shrink in our faith. We must press on and grow all the more. May God cause that to be true in us. And as we trust in him, it's not just this bedrock faith that then we move on in our lives that as we trust in him, we realize that our souls are satisfied in him alone. As we trust in him, we recognize that there's nothing in this world that can satisfy. There's nothing else that can, that can calm the thirst of our souls but Christ and Christ alone. And so we can say with the psalmist, our heart is glad in him. Why? Because we trust in his holy name. As we trust, we're satisfied as he gives us all that we need. But there's another characteristic, the fourth I want to call out for us this morning, found in verse three. He says, not only do I give, Paul gives thanks because their, their faith is, is growing abundantly, but he says, and the love of every one of you is increasing. Love of everyone for one another is increasing. Now, when I think about faithfulness, I can tend, tend to think about doctrinal commitments, that we stand firm and that we're not changing our doctrine, but here, which is true, but Paul here emphasizes that there's, that there's something to be found within the community of faith, something to be found within the relationships of the church that is a mark of faithfulness. And that is a love for one another. It's not just that they loved each other. It wasn't just a statement of love, but it was a statement of increasing love. They loved each other more than each, as each year went by. Their love increased. And the same must be true for us, friends. As a church, we must continue in our love for one another. Must be a community that, that loves each other out of our love for Christ. We don't just like each other. In fact, we may not like each other in some things. And that's okay. But we've got to be committed to love each other. There's a difference. Love, biblically, is, means a commitment to do good for one another. It's not a feeling. It's a commitment that we are committed to one another. And as, trust me, friends, as you move towards one another in love, committed to do good for one another, the Lord warms our heart as we are able to be the hands and feet of Christ to our brothers and sisters. And so this must define every church. Jesus said in John 13, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. 
By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Our witness for Christ will hinge on whether we have love for the saints. But these four characteristics we've seen so far are more important and remarkable in light of the final one I want to show you in verse 4. Look at it. It says, Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and afflictions you are enduring. The fifth and final characteristic is steadfastness and suffering. Steadfastness and suffering. This fledgling church had experienced constant affliction from the day it was founded. And yet they remained strong and they persevered. They remained under it and they, and they clung to the Lord in the midst of it. This, te- this suffering was a test for their faith but they remained steadfast. In fact, as we've seen, they weren't just surviving, they were thriving. And friends, we know that even as the world around us continues to grow in their hostility to Christ and to his gospel and to his word, that we may not be experiencing the the level of intensity of persecution that our brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing right now or in ages past. But we must prepare for it to come our way as well. We must know that it is coming and we must be found steadfast, standing firm upon the Lord, thriving and seeking to be found faithful. Faithful to proclaim the word of God. Faithful to make disciples. Faithful in building one another up. And what will get us there? What will enable us to persevere? What will enable us to stand strong when the, the evil one and the evil world seeks to assault Upon the church, well, friends, it's not going to be our own strength. It's only going to be the faithfulness of the Lord that's going to see us through. I want you to see chapter 3, verse 3. Last verse I'll direct you to. Paul says this, but the Lord is faithful and he will establish you and guard you against the evil one. What was Paul's confidence for the this? The, the faithfulness of the Thessalonian church, what was his confidence that they were going to continue on? It was the faithfulness of God. And friends, the same is true for us. We stand upon his faithfulness. We go into the years ahead, the decades ahead, knowing that he will be faithful to us in the future just as he has been faithful to us in the past. And we can bank on it. We can trust in it. We can believe his word. And so, may God's faithfulness be our only foundation as we step out in the days weeks and years ahead that he might use us for his glory. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for your word that reminds us that it is possible that in the midst of great difficulty for us to be able to thrive, for us to be able to stand, for us to remain steadfast. And Father, we give all the praise to you. We know that for you to sustain your church, to cause your church to thrive, is only possible because your spirit is at work because you are committed to us through the covenant. And I pray, Lord, that you would increase our faith in the days ahead, increase our love, and enable us to be a church that is found faithful when you come. It's in his name we pray, amen.